Uh, hi, I'm uh, Mike Dano, an editor at Light Reading, and today I am very excited to have Mike O'Reilly here uh, to answer all my many questions that I've got written down. Um, for, for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure there's very few of them out there, so uh, Mike O'Reilly is now with MP O'Reilly Consulting, but he is a former FCC commissioner True. with us today, and you're going to get to talk about all the, all the fun DC stuff. <laughs> out there, there's, and there's a ton of fun DC stuff, that's, uh, Washington DC stuff that is going on right now in our, in our industry. Uh, and I, I mean, uh, 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 not, not one keynote session here at the Big 5G show has gone by without at least somebody mentioning something that's happening in Washington DC. And so, okay, so, so I've got a lot of questions for you. The, the first one, and I think certainly the most important, is about the big infrastructure bill that is uh, currently wending its way through Congress. It would allocate, uh, I think it's $65 billion to the telecom industry in various forms. So it's a huge, this is a huge event in our industry. And so my question for you as a, as a longtime DC insider, former FCC commissioner, somebody who really knows what's going on, um, how, how uh, close are we to seeing the, I mean, is this legislation going to pass? What are the chances of it and, and when? Well, look, it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, you. I'll put my old congressional hat. I spent 20 years on, uh, working for uh, different, both sides of the, the Congress. And so when I look at the, what's happening with the infrastructure and I spend a great deal of time testifying and help, hoping to shape what the outcome was, I look at this and say, we're weeks away from something passing. Um, we've got you know, the agreement that's been cut in the House by the current majority. Looks like it's on a track towards passage. You, know, you can debate the content and whether it's good or bad. That's a different, a different issue. But it seems like we're just weeks away. Barring some unforeseen circumstance, uh, you know, by the end of September, it looks like we're in pretty decent shape to have that amount of money, you know, be injected into uh, the broadband space. I just, I, I'm, I am, I am shocked to hear that. I just, you know, we've been re talking about it for so long, but the fact that, you know, it could be weeks away from, and that means that the money would actually start to come out into the industry. Relatively, I mean, if it once it passes, not exactly. There's okay. the, th the thing people don't understand. It's still most of the money now, at least uh -huh. that's how it's drafted, is tied to the new FCC maps. Okay. And if I'm looking at FCC maps and where they are in this the process, they are certainly trying to improve them. They're working really hard. My former colleagues are working really hard to try and improve them. But I think we're we're a good bit away. People estimate between you know a year or two years. I don't know if I I'd have to do more analysis to determine if that's right. But that means a while away, and everything has to hold on that. And in the meantime, you've got NTIA is going to have to build the program structure, and that's going to take time. So the money's not going to be just, you know, it's not going to be, you know, just thrown we into We shouldn't the, just open the fire hose and no. just hold our bags open to catch all the, no, not, no, not yet. There'll be plenty of time for that to happen, okay. um, I'm afraid, because I think there's a lot of money that's coming into the industry. A lot of it will be used for good purposes, and I think a pretty good portion of it probably is going to be wasted. <laughs> he said, we catch that? Is that on video? We should definitely, <laughs> okay. I awesome. think I've testified to that fact. <laughs> this is great. Uh, okay, there you go, <laughs> straight shooter. Um, all right, so in that case, I've got another question sure. for you uh, that is also uh, 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 very much a question about what's going on in Washington, D.C., which is, so you're a former FCC commissioner right now. The FCC is evenly split between two Democrats and two Republicans, which is not a normal situation. Typically, there's a majority for the administration that is in office. Um, so, so what is the holdup? Why have we not seen a, uh, a Democrat uh, put on, an, an additional Democrat put onto the FCC that would sort of fill out the commission and sort of 
get things moving again? Well, I don't think anyone has a great answer what the holdup is. It's it's not just the third commissioner, uh, for you know, the, the, the fifth commissioner. Fifth commissioner. It's also third who's Democrat. going to be the chair. That's the, probably the bigger question to be answered. And I think once you answer that, you can flow down to the other pieces. If you're going to pick the acting chairwoman, Rosen Russell, my friend, uh, for that slot, then you need one other person. If you're going to go in a different path, well, then you need two people. Mm -hmm. And it might be that they're vet vetting names right now in September. The names will pop and they'll polish through the process. I, I just don't know that, that to be the case. It doesn't seem to be the case. It's, it's, it seems to be the priority of the commission has is lower than other agencies. It's not been that way in the past, but now you see where, you know, broadband money is going to NTIA or the, the focus on FTC on some matters. So I think it's, it's, it's getting its attention as, as this administration views it. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so you don't have any insight into when we might see some someone named as 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 chairperson. It could be as early September. It could we could run right into January and, and have actually one. what you call a one-two commission, which I haven't seen that before. Wow. Okay. So all right. Well, we'll 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 see on that one. All right. So another question for you. So we'll give, giving your time here, and thanks again for for of coming course. and talking. So so here's a question about the uh, RDOF, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, and this is a big program to allocate money for telecom services in rural areas, um, which, you know, could could serve as a template for uh, allocation of additional money uh, in the infrastructure bill, potentially. A anyway, my question for you, though, is, so there's a lot of discussion about this uh, Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, the RDOF, uh, and there's a lot of questions about the companies that applied for this money and whether they should be given this money, whether they'll be able to meet their RDOF obligations. So my question for you is, what do you think about that program? Um, was it a success? Should it be used as a template for the allocation of additional government money? Kind of what's sure. What's it looking like? Look, at, I was a big proponent of RDOF or some of the principles that went into it. I didn't get everything I wanted. There's some pieces in there that, that went, you know, I didn't win. And I think that that helped led to kind of some of the debate we're having now. In terms of whether it's going to be model, be a model for future use, the answer is no. The infrastructure bill has a completely different model. We're going to NTAA giving out grants to states that apply. Totally different structure. Almost, they're, you know, almost block grants in some regards with strings attached, but really close to block grants. Whereas the FCC auctioning, you know, doing using a reverse auction uh, to, to distribute money efficiently at the, you know, you know, that to me was, is a better model. It didn't win the day in Congress, and that, that you have to accept the fate, uh, and that's what they get to do that is, as our elected uh, leaders. Now, RDOF itself, the problems that people talk about um, are actually quite small. And the grand scheme of things, things worked very well. Hmm. The, the reverse auction helped decrease the amount of money that was necessary, make it more efficient, stretch the dollars farther. The, those areas that were that, that shouldn't have been included, that were mistakenly included, that that's a, that's a mistake. It should be and can be cleaned up and should be cleaned up. And the commission's doing that. Right. If there are providers that are um, that now the commission is scrutinizing, that, that's what they're supposed to do, and that's exactly what's happening. Um, and they're going through with a fine-tooth comb to make sure those dollars are, are able, you know, to be spent and actually wisely used. So that's what you want the commission to do. And so I, I don't see a huge problem with it. Now, do I think that this is going to get us to RDOF round two, phase two? I actually, I, I, I'm kind of skeptical. Given all of the money that's going on in infrastructure, if we put 42, $43 billion for broadband coming in uh, from, from the infrastructure bill, I don't know that you want to do a, a phase two over here. Um, 
um, from RDOF. I'm not sure that that's the best use of the dollars. That's for you know those still in government to decide. But it seems to me that you know there's enough problems uh, with RDOF that that you probably would would hold back that funding um, and, and determine later on whether to go forward. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Super interesting. And and just a quick follow up on sure. that. So the. The block grants that NTIA is going to is going to allocate is is the re, is the re, is part of the reason for that that it would that would go faster or would it do you think it would go slower that allocation process that's included in the infrastructure bill? I think it will go in some instances because it's state by state. Some will go faster and some will go slower. Okay. A portion of the money is by formula. Each state gets a minimum of 100 million, and then the rest of it's by application. And some states have their act together, and some states don't. And we know that to be the case. Yeah. And you're still waiting on FCC maps uh, to make it all work together. So okay. so there's still some pieces and, and and I think the answer you know to, to, to underlying your question you know why this model versus the other model I think there's a number of people who were drafting the legislation that didn't like what happened in Ardoff mm -hmm. uh, and they they were told that some bad things happened and so they went a different approach I don't know if I would you know would have advised them to do so but that's what they get to do all right well uh, it's it, we'll, we'll be watching it with interest I'm sure it'll keep it'll keep both probably both of us busy for a while still on uh, so last question for you is about CBRS and uh, the reason is, is because you had a, a major role in the development of the of CBRS uh, spectrum and then the CBRS auction. And now, you know, companies are actually using that spectrum for, for various services. So maybe you could just give sort of like a, you know, a look back at CBRS, like, you know, what 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 what's your final judgment on that whole process? Like, what what do you have to? What do, what you know, you it's to interesting to see it at this time and, and point after where how long I've been into the debate and how long we we struggled and fought to get to landing spots that people took a lot of shots at, disagreed with, um, and I think now everyone's generally comfortable in how we decided how the auction was going to be run, how the licenses are going to be awarded, the size and different things. I think people are generally accepting of where we landed. There's still some improvements to be made. Power levels need to be increased. Okay. But I'm really excited excited about what's happening in the marketplace. There was just an announcement yesterday by Qualcomm and Ericsson on, on a first call that they had just done with a, a new technology over the uh, 5G. I mean, really exciting stuff that to, we had always thought was going to happen. We always knew it was going to happen, but now it's actually here. And it's not in regulators' hands or former regulators' hands. It's in the industry's hands. It reminds me kind of, you know, when I look at the debate on like ORAN and where we are there as it relates to, you know, how far we've come on CBRS. I think we'll look back in five or six years and see the debate on ORAN and go, oh yeah, yeah, we got a lot of that right, we got some of it wrong, and, and, and the debate was really interesting. And that's where I think CBRS is. We did a lot right, things are in really good place. I'm really excited to you know, see where industry goes with it uh, going forward. Super cool. Mike O'Reilly, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks.